Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. It's Tuesday night, and it's time for another installment of The Ruckus, brought to you by the Bad Culture Radio Network. This is Giandra LaBeouf, of course, the creator of BadCulture.net, and your co-host for the evening. I am joined by regular co-host Ryan Bivens. we got a lot to talk about, a lot of breaking news. Oh, oh, Ryan Ryan Bivens is ready. I'm going to let you – what are we talking about tonight, Ryan? I'm going to let you break down tonight's topic. Um, Well, we're talking about everything. Uh, boxing is, is starting to shake up. Uh, fights is happening on all sorts of networks, CBS, Spike TV. Um, it's getting crazy. Um, so, you know, we got to discuss it, and uh, we also got to interview Glenn Tapia. That's right. That's right. In addition to that, you know, two-time guest of the ruckus, and we still need to get him to co-host with us one night, Bonus Martirosian. Got a fight coming up with Charlo. We're going to talk a little, I mean, we won't talk too much about Triple G. We've said all we can say at nauseum about this Triple G fight, but it is happening this weekend in Monte Carlo, so we'll talk a little bit about that. We'll take questions from Twitter. Uh, I went to Zhuximing Media Day today at the Wild Card Gym in Hollywood. If you're following me on Twitter, I just retweeted the interview that I did for Boxing Channel with um, Zhuximing, and the others will be popping up shortly, so I'll be sure to retweet the met, retweet those. I have my own interview that I did with Bob Arum. Got a chance to talk with him one-on-one, ask him some questions. So be on the lookout for all of that. If you'd like to call in and talk to us during the broadcast, the call-in number, of course, is 718-508-9852. Again, 718-508-9852. So we look forward to talking to you. Follow, if you're listening to the show, you more than likely follow us on Twitter. So tweet us any questions that you may have. Uh, we'll bring in Glenn Tapia probably about 15 minutes after the hour. So if you have questions for him, tweet them to us, or you can call during the show. I'm sure he would like that very much. So we'll leave uh, leave that. So let's just jump right in to these fights. My goodness, we have a full, full plate after a rather slow start of the year other than the heavyweight title fight. Boxing is just in full feasy to kick off the year 2015, they are not playing around. We actually have some legitimate fights happen on a lot of platforms, on a lot of networks, a lot of matches, a lot of folks we've been wanting to see in fights in fight against each other. It's, it's going down. We started the year talking about the premier boxing champions, which is, of course, the Al Heyman uh, venture that's going to be on Spike. It's going to be on Showtime. And now we're we're finding out just more information as uh, the details unfold. So, Ryan, of all of the of these fights, which which should we start with? Should we start off the, with the one that's going to kick off the information, this fight with Adonis Stevenson and Saki Obika? Uh, yeah, I guess we might as well go chronologically. Um, so on April the 4th, that'll be on CVS. And um, the, the co-feature is um, scheduled to be, you know, Archer Viterbiev and um, – Gabriel Campillo, which is a you know a big step up fight for Paterbio. Uh mm-hmm. I, I don't think Campillo has actually signed the, the contract yet, but it's expected to get done. 
Right. I'm sure he's on. You know, Campillo, I kind of feel sorry for him a little bit. I mean, I'm, that's great he's getting this fight, but we know Campillo has been the recipient of some pretty poor decisions. So unless right. he knocks out bitter beer, out cold, which is unlikely, he's going to find himself on the short end of the stick again. Yeah, I, I think um, Campillo probably gets knocked out, honestly. Like, I can, mm-hmm. I can see him out boxing, you know, the kids, you know, for as long as it lasts, but he just seems too fragile. And, you know, better be of he, you know, for, for all his flaws, he, he is very imposing. Like, that's that's not a guy that you want to, you know, start laying, putting hands on you. It's like a, like a be, raw version of Sergey Kovalev. Right. Better be of we saw him. Uh, whose clock did he clean up? Tavor's cloud? Yeah. Was that yeah. the last Tavor's fight we saw him in? He took a dive. That was terrible. It was atrocious. Um, you know, oh, but you know, Don King manages to, to to make sure he keeps himself into the mix. But better be of you know, for those of you who missed it, I'm sure you can catch the fight out there somewhere. He's a power puncher. Clearly has some defensive issues he needs to correct, as most fighters do. Everyone's not a defensive expert, and just some continuity, some balance issues. If I remember the fight correctly, but. You know, they're ready for him to take the next step up step up in the light heavyweight division and uh, make some movement in there. He could be on a collision course ultimately. Well, maybe not not with Kovalev because we see what the history of uh, main events and, and Al Heyman-promoted fighters right. has been with main events. So don't look for that fight to happen anytime in the near future. But at the same time, what do you make of Saki Obika moving up to light heavyweight? After his last outing was against the rematch against Anthony Durrell, where he lost a very ugly fight. Jack Reese told him they were looking like shit in the ring. <laughs> you know, he lost that. That was awesome. That he was so. That I, I loved every bit of that. But you know, Saki Obika now makes the jump up to light heavyweight. What do you think of that move for him, and how will his power, his style, translate at that weight level? Um, I think it won't hurt him. I mean, you know, Stevenson's also coming up from super middleweight. Um, you know, Saki, he's, he's getting older, he's slowing down a little bit. So, you know, the the bigger your opponent, you know, the the, the slower the fight is. So, yeah, I don't think the weight's an issue there. Uh, and he's, you know, he's he's very awkward. Stevenson, Stevenson might still be chinny. I know we saw him get knocked down in that fun fire fight, and we know he's been he's been knocked out before in his career. So. Uh, hey, man, um, Sakio could do something in this fight. I mean, Stevenson, I think he's, you know, past his prime at the moment. Really? Yeah, honestly, well, he's, he's getting old. You know, the, the, those combinations that he used to throw are, you know, they're just going away. And I'm not sure it's entirely his ego or, you know, simply he doesn't have the energy to, to, to pump pump um, as many punches as he used to. Because it's, it's all about one punch for him now. If you, if you mm-hmm. notice his fights, you know, he's, he's looking for that one big shot. And guys right. end up hanging, hanging around longer than they should. Right. Right. Absolutely. So, fans, you know, you wanted to see Adonis Stevenson in the ring. You are getting your wish. Is it against Kovalev? No, it's not. But you are getting Stevenson in the ring with someone at least who's live. You know, they're not putting him in the ring against insert your favorite dying on the vine fighter here. You know, someone we've seen recently, someone who is in shape, someone who is 
you know, a live dog. So we'll look forward to seeing that on April 4th. And then, of course, for you fans of Artur Bitterbia, we'll see if his power does, in fact, translate against another uh, another opponent. I mean, granted, it is Gabriel Campillo, but he's a new face, and he has to build up his resume before he can challenge for some of these top fights. So, good and, You know, it's on CBS. Yes. I think that's, uh, you know, the big selling point of this. This is uh, you mm-hmm. know, network TV here. Um, they they had an experiment with Leo Santa Cruz um, a couple of years back. Uh, who he mm-hmm. fight? Uh, Alberto Guevara, I think. Something mm-hmm. like that. And um, and then they, you know, they, they didn't use it again. But it looks like Heyman is, you know, he's locked up several dates. So this right. is something we're going to see over and over again. Like, um, what's the next CBS card? It's going to be Omar Figueroa and Ricky Burns. Yeah. Right. And that right, and that'll be the week after the the Mayweather fight. So now, you know, potentially you could see, you know, that that Floyd Mayweather replay on CBS. Imagine how many people will look at that. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Imagine what they can charge for advertising just on a replay because it's on network TV and so many people who didn't purchase it on pay-per-view. Right, cuz they can now watch it. dollars so. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I I'm saying, if I don't go to the fight, I might be watching it on CBS, too. You never know. So, hey, I I, I like every bit of that. I'm sure Middle America likes every bit of that. It's kind of it's really exciting to be able to watch a fight at 3 o'clock on a Saturday afternoon that's not from overseas. It's not on delay. You can watch fights and still get on with your day. You could watch all these fights, write your article, and still go to your cousin's baby shower that evening. I mean, you can get it all done in one day. I, I, I love I love it. Very, very exciting times we are in. Actually, we are a little bit out of order. That is not the first fight. The first one will be on March 28th, which you just alluded to, with uh, that will feature uh, Jermel Charlo and Vanas Martirosian. But the leading off that fight is Johnny Gonzalez versus Gary Russell Jr. Of wait, course, wait, the last time you got the order wrong. And I think no, that's I'm a showtime fight. Okay, but in terms of chronology, the first one will be on Showtime, which will be the Johnny Gonzalez versus Gary Russell. Oh, yeah, 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 the first of the the new series of fights. I was just talking about the, um, you know, the CBS-specific ones. Oh, okay, well, let's stick to, yeah, so we'll stick with, uh, actually, that's just the the only one that's scheduled. No, we'll skip to May 9th then. So we'll talk about Omar Figueroa fighting against uh, Ricky Burns. Omar Figueroa. Not much there, not much there at all. You because know, Ricky Burns is yeah, he's, he's kind of been on a on the skid lately. It seems like he's getting worse and worse. So, um, uh, I, I don't. I, I mean, I I don't have a very high opinion of Omar Figueroa. You know, even though he's mm-hmm. been world champion and, and he's he's undefeated still, isn't he? Um, yes. Anyway, he should have lost Jared Belmont, but uh, mm. I he probably and, beats the hell out of Burns, honestly. Yeah, Burns. Uh, Terrence Crawford went over and gave him that work. He got that guest, that gift. Wasn't it uh, Burns Beltran where he got that gift? Oh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, he got his ass whooped against Beltran, and then he got a draw. And so now you're in with Omar Figueroa. You know, every time we get to see with Omar Figueroa, I had a chance to interview him in the last year prior to his last fight. You know, they always talk about his hands and brittle hands and issues with his hands, but he still manages to go out there and beat the hell out of someone. So yeah, for those yeah. of you, he'll probably break both hands on Ricky Burns. To be honest with you, because Ricky's gonna be right to. there to to take the punches. And you know he's he's a pretty tough guy. 
I mean, he's he's starting to get hurt more lately. And, you know, I think he got dropped his last fight. But you know, he'll get up, and uh, Omar will have to hit him over and over again. So I, I see it probably yeah. going the distance. And, uh, you know, Ricky looking, his face will be like a bloody pulp at the end of the fight. Right. Omar tends to bring the blood out in people. Every I don't think I've ever seen a fight with Omar Figueroa that didn't end with his opponent looking a bloody tomato mess. Yeah, actually, you know, about his last three fights, he fought with, um, what was the Asian kid he fought? It wasn't Arakawa. Uh, Arakawa? Yeah, it was Arakawa. And then he had the fight, the last fight, where he just beat that kid to death. And so, yeah, I expect to see more of the same. So, again, uh, excellent matchup. His first at 140 pounds, you know, after vacating the 135 belt, the WBC 135 belt, and back into another, I don't know, would you call this a lighter touch compared to his previous fight? A lighter touch for Omar? No. I wouldn't really call it lighter. I mean, Daniel Estrada is nothing special. Um, that was his last mm-hmm. fight. And um, Kevin Mitchell, you know, took him out in even less time. So, eh. you know, Kevin Mitchell and, and uh, Ricky Burns are – they 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 were considered on the same level not that long ago. In fact, didn't they fight? Yeah, they 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 fought each other, right? Ricky knocked him out in the fourth round. Yeah, there you go. So looking at these two inaugural cards from CBS, these first two offerings of the two cards, which are you most intrigued by? Um. Well, I gotta say the 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 um the, the Bika the Bika car, because um that that's got two fights and I'm looking forward to. And while the other card, even though I guess that you might have the Mayweather fight on it, I will have already seen it. But right. I guess for the general for the general viewing public, that's you know probably you know far more attractive of a fight. Mhm. Absolutely. So. Give us your opinions. Tweet us your opinions if you're listening to know What do you think about these first two offerings? Uh, tweet either myself or Ryan, Ryan Bibbins, or Sweet Boxing, of course, Jet Hang, or The Bad Culture. Let us know your thoughts on uh, these first two cards that are going to be broadcast on CBS. Do you like it? Do you hate it? You know, boxing fans are so fickle and finicky. Sometimes we like having a niche board like this uh, exclusive society that we don't want everyone to sit with us, but then we complain. And so now we have the opportunity to spread and grow and truly grow the sport and attract new fans. And, you know, what do you think about it? You know, kind of the byproduct of attracting these new fans to the sport is you attract more talent because if boxing returns more to a, a more prominent show place, then you attract more children to the sport because then it becomes a more profitable uh, line of a sports career. You know, for so many years we have been losing – a lot of our our younger our younger athletes to basketball and football and things like so maybe we have the opportunity now to start attracting more kids to the sport. It is now 15 after the hour. Wow, that 15 minutes went fast. I'm going to dial our guest, uh, Glenn Tapia, and we'll talk to him about his upcoming fight against Daniel Dawson and today's media day and what we should expect to see from him. How was your day, Ryan, while I'm dialing him in? Well, I uh, went to the dermatologist, 
shovel snow. Um, <laughs> yeah, took took care of some odds and ends. Odds and ends are good. And if you enjoy the Ruckus podcast, visit backpost.net and click that donate button. We do appreciate uh, you contributing to our building fund because we are trying to build. Hello? Hey, is this Glenn Tapia? Yes, ma'am. Hi, Glenn. This is Deandra uh, from backculture.net, the Ruckus podcast. I'm joined by my co-host, Brian Bisbee. Uh, We're going to ask you a few questions about your uh, upcoming fight in Macau. Uh, how are you doing okay. this evening, fresh off of today's media day? Yeah, it was good. It was it was perfect. I had my daughter there, so it was good too. So people got to see my daughter. She she's actually more famous than me now, so she's trying to take my shine and stuff. So it's cool. <laughs> well, she's still remaining undefeated, so you know you got you got you know you got to get her in there since she's undefeated. Yes, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> so. Now you are tra- – uh, tell us a little bit about how your training has been going with uh, Freddie Roach and as you've been preparing for this fight coming with uh, Daniel Dawson. Um, Real good, real, real, real good. Um, I feel like first on a personal note, I'm, I'm, I'm more like focused, you know. It's just like I, I know what it takes, you know. So so just personally, I've been working really, really hard. And um, besides that, um, Freddie, man, he's so smart, man. It's just like we got a good vibe, man. And um, I'm learning so much from him, you know, and I'm really happy, you know. You know, without – obviously we're not going to ask you to divulge too much of your strategy or anything like that going into the fight. But just in terms of um, the veteran experience that he brings into the ring as a Hall of Fame trainer, what are some things that he said to you that have really stuck with you during the time you've been with him? Um, Using my brain more than my heart, you know. He's just been telling me that a lot, you know, um, because he knows I could box too. People haven't seen that side of me. They've seen me brawl, go in there and knock these guys out. And and sometimes I it was it was like I felt like I could knock anybody out, you know. And, and he actually says that I probably could if I if I was to use my brain more, you know, and if I was to calm down and be more patient and be more mature and take my time. And and it's been working so much. Even the sparring, man, I've been hurting these guys, you know, and, and just taking my time and just and just and not rushing it. So that's that's one thing that I that 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 really stands out of everything. Okay, Ryan. All right, Glenn. Um, I was wondering, you know, your opponent Daniel Dawson is he's, he's coming off a very uh, loss to to Austin Trout. Um, it, it's in, in sort of like a comparison manner. Is is that how you want to, you know, is that your motivation, like the bar you set on how well you need to perform? Um. Yeah, I see. I look at it. I don't. I'm not. I'm not saying I don't see it at all. I see that 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 what, how he did against Austin Trout, even dropped him and everything. But um, I really don't want to pay attention to that. You know, I'm not Austin Trout. You know, and I don't fight like him at all. You know, and I'm a whole different fighter. And I'm gonna show that too. You know, I want the people to see that that. And Austin Trout been there. You know, he's been in the top too, and he beat um a couple guys. So so that's that's actually good. You know, it's actually gonna be better when 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 I show what I could do to this guy. You know. And it kind of if if I do top him off, it's gonna be like wow, look what he did to him, and look what he did against Austin Trout. So yes, of course I see it. You mentioned you that. Of, oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm so, go ahead, Ryan. I'm sorry. Um, I'm not looking, you know, past your opponent, obviously, but um, you know, the goals to be world champion and you know things like that. 
Now, who are some of um, the fighters that you see in your path that you can get in the ring with you? Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of guys in the 54 division, you know. But I don't really, I'm not the type to call anybody out, you know. I'm just whatever is in front of me, I fight. You know, if the people want to see it, I'm gonna fight. You know, and that's it, really. You know, the only person I could talk about right now is Kirkland because he beat me. You know, and that's the only person I could really say anything about right now. You know, but but besides that, not really. You know, I, I really it's nobody. You know, I, I don't really I don't really look at it. There's just all of them. Everybody, anybody that's there. You know. Uh, if Kirkland um, fights Canelo, I say if because, you know, he has backed out of the fight twice before. So if, if mm-hmm. it actually happens this time and he loses, yes. uh, would you still be willing to uh, rematch him? Yes, yes, definitely, definitely. It was a good hit. It was, it, was, it was my first loss, you know, and it was just uh, uh, I, the, the people want to see that. You know, they want to see another rematch of that, you know. It was a fun fight, and and, and um, it was good, you know. It, was, it is what it is, you know. I lost, but. Um, I'm back, you know, more than ever. And I, I was young. I was 23 at the time, you know. And I'm still young, and I'm. I just can't wait to fight. I just, I just want to. If that, if that comes up, man, I, I'm more than willing to do it, you know. Okay, because I know in a lot of cases, um, people are always open to rematches, but they they change their mind when their their opponent isn't like you know coming off of a win or something, because for, for whatever reason they, they become less marketable. It's all about using each other, and not like a. It's not even about the uh, the rivalry to them. No, 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 not me at all, man. I just, I just, I, it don't matter how many losses he got or whatever, you know. It's just, that's a loss to me, you know. So I lost him, you know. And me personally, personally, I would want that, you know. Besides the money and everything, and I, I know the fans would 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 love to watch that fight, you know. But um, it was just, it will, it will be it would be good for both of us, I guess, you know. And. I just want to. Show, I would like to show people what I what I could do, what I'm capable of, you know. And he's a he's a great person, great fighter, you know. I'm only a fan, even you know. So God bless him, whatever, you know. But yeah, whatever happens, then I'm I'm here, you know. Okay. While um, you mentioned that during your work with Freddie, that he is teaching you to fight more with your head and with your heart, although he is asking you to, to use that strategy, will we still see the aggressive Glenn Tapia that we are used to seeing in the ring? Yes, yes. It's always going to be entertaining. You know, I, I found out, like, it was, was kind of hard to get me there, but I found out that you can still box and, and it could still be entertaining. You know, there's a lot. Of, and I, I started looking back, I'm like, there's a lot of guys that box, but they were still entertaining, you know, and it was, they were still fun to watch. And they still even knock people out, you know. If I box you, and if I box a guy, and then I end up knocking him out, you know, it's kind of still fun, you know. So, mm-hmm. so um, it, you 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 can't you got you sometimes it, it just you can't and then you can't knock everybody out, and you know, and, and then right. I'm learning that I'm learning I'm learning a lot of it, you know. So so it's just it's just about taking my time. I'm still entertaining. I'm still wanting to, I, that. This is, I feel like this is a mm-hmm. this is a sport, but it's an entertainment business. So I love to entertain every time I'm in the ring with my fans. You know, I don't want to I don't hate boring fights. You know. So I'm mm-hmm. still going to give you that old Glenn Tapper. It's always going to be there, but but it's just more smarter, you know. Mm-hmm. I agree. You do have a very exciting fan-friendly style, and I believe that's why they keep inviting you to be on TV. With that fan-friendly style, coming into this fight, this, despite having two TKO wins, do you feel any added pressure that you have to win in spectacular fashion? Um. No pressure, no pressure at all. But um, 
Yes, I understand what they what 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 they what, what they're looking for. You know, um, they want to entertain. They want they want me to entertain, and, and that's from a show. You know, and I and I know what I could do. I, and just for me personally, I want to I want to entertain because I want to be in another level. I want them to see me as a fighter that's in another level. I don't want them to see me as the average fighter. You know, I'm not an average fighter. I want to show them that I'm an elite fighter. And for, and and the way I have to do that is by um, winning good, you know, spectacular, and just looking looking real good winning, you know, not just winning the fight. And it's like, okay, he looked okay. I want to look like, wow, look at this guy. I want to see him again. I want even the fans over there in China, the fans all over the world to be like, wow, I love watching this guy. And I, um, I want to keep seeing him. And that's what I, that's, that's the plan. That's the goal, you know. With um, I heard you mention today at Media Day that it had been uh, like a month since you since you had been you know with your family. Has the relocation here to California? How has being able to be fully immersed without any distractions helped improve your abilities? Uh, not really. I don't really care. I'm a family man. You know, I'm I'm, I'm I got the wife and and and, and the daughter. You know, so so. It, it doesn't matter. I could be with them or without. They're actually here now, so I could be with them or without them, and, and I still I handle my business. But I'd rather be with them, really, you know, because I, I like my daughter's two and a half. You know, every every day she's like grown, you know, and you can see it right there. Like I was gone for this month, for the month of January, and then by the time I saw her again, she it was like she was a whole different baby. You know, I'm like wow, you know, she's <laughs> she's grown, and she's asking me questions, and it's like. You know, I don't want to miss those moments, you know. And, but but it's, it's at the end of the day, it's a job, you know. This is what I'm doing, and this is what I chose to do. So I, I sacrifice, and I just I handle my business. And at the end of the day, it's for her anyway. So, so I, it's for all right. of us, for the family. So it is what it is. Right. Ryan, do you have any other questions? Uh, would you agree that to date, um, you know, as of right now, your your the biggest win of your career has been against Abraham Han, A.B. Han? Yeah. Yeah, of course. You know, um, it was uh, a um for the NBA title and it was uh, um ESPN and and he was undefeated, so it was a great one. I guess I guess that was the best one. Yeah, I was wondering if you had a chance to catch his fight recently with Sergio Mora. No, no, I, I, I didn't even know that he fought him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it um twelve round split decision. Um, the crowd blew. Okay. Uh, yeah, Han lost, but uh, a lot of people thought he won. Okay, how did he look? He looked good. Oh yeah, he he looked as, as good as you know he can with with that uh, you know limited style that he has. Okay, well, God bless him, man. You know he he's a good he's a good kid. You know so God bless him. All righty. So Glenn, for uh, those who are listening who want to keep up with you with your career, uh, let us know your social media and how fan, how your fans can keep up with you uh, during your travels during your career. Um, on Instagram and Twitter is real Glenn Tapia, and then on 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 Facebook is Glenn Tapia. Y'all could just check me out there. You can see my family. There's a lot of my my daughter. You know, they, she's actually more famous than me. That's all. <laughs> they, they they everybody wants to see her more than me. <laughs> so, but it's cool. You know, uh-huh. you gonna show her around the cow? Nah, she's not coming with me out there. She's not coming with me out there. But she, oh, okay. she, she she she's out here now, so it's cool. You know, I get to. Enjoy her a little more. They leave Thursday, so I get to see her a little bit more before before I go to China. I leave this Saturday, actually. So yeah. They What's your daughter's name? Isabella. 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 
once you have children, you're no longer Glenn Tapia. You become Isabella's dad. The only time you're Glenn Tapia is on fight night. <laughs> Other than that, when she starts having her play dates, you become Isabella's dad. Until that's, she gets that's, what telling, <laughs> that's what I'll be telling. That's what I'll be telling. That's what I'll be telling my mom about me. She. Like she's like, no, you're my son. I'm like, no, mommy. That's how, I, like, how everybody introduces you. They be like, oh, this is this is Glenn's mom. This is Glenn's mom. <laughs> They'll be like, oh, this is this is this is um, this is um the um Josefina um whatever. I don't know. I switched around. I guess you know. This is always funny. It's always funny how they say like, this is Glenn, you're Glenn's mom now. You're not you're not even your name no more. You're not Josefina exactly. anymore. Yeah, you know. I look for it. I look forward to the day that I'm my own name again. I am Kaya Mom. That is my name outside of boxing. All right, Glenn. Well, we are looking forward to seeing you. Good luck in your fight, and I'm sure you'll do well and have safe travels, and uh, I hope you look good in the fight. Good luck. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Take care. All right. Bye. Have a good one. All righty. So, of course, that was Glenn Tapia. You'll be able to see him fight in Macau. Um, HBO will be showing it on same-day delay, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, March 7th, he'll be fighting against Daniel Dawson. Uh, last fight, of course, Daniel Dawson fought against Austin Trout. It was on – it was a goose and card that was on Showtime. No, ESPN? It was on ESPN. But uh, if you want to see the fight, you can check it out. And so we'll see how uh, Glenn, uh, Glenn makes out this uh, in the next couple weeks. So – let us now turn back to, man, I mean, we could talk probably the whole show about this global Al Heyman fighter takeover. We got Showtime dates. We got, who was I reading right before this? I mean, you know, we're going to have some ESPN dates. We got NBC dates. We got Spike dates. We got regular network CBS dates. Is there a channel available Probably the only channel that's available that Al Heyman is not on is HBO. What is HBO yeah. to do in the marketplace well, now that they really have no other home? Well, I think Fox Sports One is still taking, you know, um, different different promotional entities, you know, not mm-hmm. affiliated with Heyman. But other than them and HBO, that's as far as English speaker networks go, it seems like the other ones are all all Heyman now. And it's I don't know if it's troubling. But it is you know It is it, um, it is full global domination. It it requires you know, these people to actually put on better cards from, mm-hmm. from you know, my perspective. Because you know, uh, usually we've been say crap you know, unless it's unless we're paying, you know, premium cable or or, you know, oftentimes if it's, you know, guaranteed to be, you know, worth a damn, we have to pay for pay per view. So mm-hmm. we just haven't been getting that many solid fights on English speaking television. I'm I'm not not gonna say anything about, you know, other language television because they, they do a much better job with quality fights, it's just nobody knows who the hell they are or, you know, what's being said and that matters to people. So you know, for for what the, the the general American you know is is willing to sit down and look at, where we've often been say crap, and now now that our Heyman has uh you know pretty much taken over NBC, taken over CBS. Although I, I'm not sure he's taken over CBS, I just don't know anybody else who is in that deal because I know Showtime is still working with with multiple 
promotional entities is just they all seem to be small time. So if they're small time and they're on Showtime, like a Showbox or whatever, I, I don't see how you know they would have big enough stars to put them on CBS. But who knows? Um, maybe somebody you know the, jumps into the fray later on. But at the moment, Heyman uh, he has all the network television, and mm-hmm. he's about to have ESPN. Because yes. after the yes. Boxino tournament ends, which, when that end? And uh, May the 22nd. That's it for them. Friday Night Fights is kaput. A wrap. Ooh, Friday Night Fights is kaput. Who hosts the desk when the uh, Al Heyman Premier Boxing Champion Yeah, it's going to be a to- completely it's- different crew, you know, whoever they want. <laughs> Be, it's, is this the end of the Teddy Atlas rants? No more fight. Yeah, fight, it, no it, more honestly, fight it might be. But you know, if I if I'm Al Heyman, I hire Teddy. As a matter of fact, that might explain Teddy's scorecard and in, in that you know recent recent <laughs> fight on on Friday Night Fights. Remember, he had Sergio um, uh, Mora uh, beating AB Han like you know by a wide margin, and you know we all thought that was a little suspect because as often he he, he uh, you know berates terrible judges in the sport, he ends up doing the same thing as they do. So Yeah. So maybe he does come on. Maybe maybe so. Maybe maybe he knows something. <laughs> oh wow. Wow wow wow. I don't know. You know, if 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 Teddy Atlas could sing Mia Culpa with Mike Tyson, do you think there's a possibility we could see Al Heyman sit down with Teddy Atlas? I think my TV would break. <laughs> I, I know Twitter would. I know Twitter would. You know, it makes me think of, I don't know if anyone, and I'm going to really, I know Ryan probably hasn't seen this. Well, you might have because you watch a lot of things. I'm going to really date myself by making this comparison. So in the Halloween series, they had, you know, with Jamie Lee Curtis, you know, kill up everybody on Halloween. They had one spin one sequel that had nothing to do with the others, it was called the Year of the Witch, and it was some type of like mind control where the the commercial would come on and the screen would blink green and every day is Halloween, and it was brainwashing all of the people who were watching their television sets at that time. I feel like if Al Heyman appears on my TV, where all our eyes are going to get locked into the TV and we aren't going to be able to look away. And we're going to, you know, fall victim like these people did in the Year of the Witch Halloween movie. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm old. But <laughs> I, I'm old. I, I, I'm sorry, listeners. I'm old. I'm I'm not young. But that's what it reminded me of. I'm just, I, I mean, I'm very excited to see this much boxing, but I'm kind of scared. What if it doesn't work out and then they just take boxing off TV altogether? Mm. What if it takes a big L? I mean, you know, there are a lot of us who like boxing, but there's not the amount of people who like boxing that like football or basketball or or even soccer, which is the true global sport. You know, what if this all tanks? What if? We we haven't thought about that. If if Heyman is, is putting on very good cards, if he can keep that up, I don't think we have a problem because... Because I remember when uh, a couple of years ago, you know, Adam Mick and uh, Steve Cunningham, I mean, they had a rematch, and that you know, it was it was it was a good fight. It wasn't it wasn't like a fight of the year candidate like their first fight was, but it was it was mm-hmm. it was a solid fight. 
and over two two million average viewers for that broadcast because it was on NBC. I think it peaked at like three three million and change. So that mm-hmm. that tells me that if you can bring a consistently good product to network television, enough people will watch it. I hope so. I hope so. And see, and then here's the other thing. It's like uh, having a good resume. The fights look good on paper. It's fights we want to see, but stylists, styles make fights. Now this, now the movement shifts back to these fighters to perform. You know, we just heard Glenn mention to it. You know, he's obviously not an Al Heyman guy, but he made a good point. I'm a, I'm an exciting fighter, but I know what the expectation is that I have to entertain. And along with this big platform becomes great responsibility, especially if you are those who are the cream of the crop. And we're really going to see the cream rise and, and, you know, we're going to see it separate. We're going to see the oil and vinegar. You know, however, whatever separates. We're going to see, well, Keith Thurman, I don't think we have to worry about Keith Thurman. I think he's always going to perform well. But we're going to see what's going to happen with, the Adrian Broners and the Robert Guerreros and the Andre Berto's, you know, who have been. No, 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 no. Andre Berto has already put out the pasture. That's, I, that's, I know, reason, but, you know. There's a reason he's fighting on Spike TV. There's a reason he's, 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 he's leading the Spike TV campaign. All, all due respect to Spike TV. All due respect. His fight's coming up soon. That's why I mentioned him. <laughs> and, or, 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 or the Sean, or here's a better one, like Sean Porter. Who lost to Kell Brook? You know, we are really going to see if these guys can perform at that level because now they're being match made into the best matches possible after reaping so many years of subpar matches. You know, it's easy to look think, great uh, if you fight was, me. You know, I thought Sean put career progression. I don't think they kept him in soft or anything. He that that, I, that seems to me like a you know. Pretty standard, um, you know. When you have a a good prospect, and you want to want to make him world champion, make him a superstar. You, you generally move him, move him at that pace. I think you know Sean Porter. He got moved along decently. I think the flaw of Sean Porter was his style is just so one dimensional. He just kind of has that frantic. You know, that's what his fight style reminds me of. He's just frantic, 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 frantic. And that style didn't work against a more technical fighter like Kell Brook. So if you match make him with another fighter like that, is he going to fall victim to the same thing? And at what point when you're a fighter that has a very specific style, a one-dimensional kind of style, which I think he does, when do you say, you know, maybe it's time to leave Dear Dad and try something different? Like, what would you do with Sean Porter? Um, well, I wouldn't say, you know, he, he needs to change trainers yet. Because you know he only has that one loss, and I have a very high opinion of the guy they lost to. So, right. um, I expect him to do good against uh, Roberto Garcia. Uh, Roberto, he's a, he's a fairly fairly um, proficient boxer. However, you know he is coming off a fight with a one-dimensional puncher, like an actual puncher. Like Porter, he he can hit hard, but he's he's not a puncher. Bradis uh, Prescott, you know that's the guy that um, made Amir Khan, you know. <laughs> uh, see, see, see the sky in about sixty seconds or less. So, um, you know, Bradis arguably won the fight. It was close. Um, 
I mean, uh, Reverse got the decision. Uh, it might even got it wide on one of the cards, but that you know, that fight could have gone either way. So, and you also got to keep in mind that you know uh, Garcia has never really beaten a top fighter before. Um, like he lost to Margarito, and this was like you know the Margarito that was already knocked out by most things. So not not exactly the, the greatest version of, of Antonio Margarito. And uh, yeah, that that's his only loss to a, a top guy. Fought Carson Jones, but that was Jones was still pretty much a prospect and not a very you know good prospect. So yeah, I, yeah, this this is this is a fight where supporters are supposed to look good. You know, it's not it's a co-feature because it's on Fight TV. You know, this, this is not so like he- a co-feature for NBC or whatever. So do we expect to always see Sean Porter match made with fighters who are not very technical? Like, is that well, going to be the this, legacy this, of this, this guy is fairly technical. It's just he's just not that good overall. Like, mm-hmm. um, he just, like, I do consider him a smart boxer. It's just, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, there's more to smart boxing than, you know, being a, an elite fighter. I mean, just... It just doesn't have have everything, right? But if you know, we you probably should expect to see him against guys that that aren't going to make it difficult for him to to move his hands because that that was you know a couple of strategy to to limit Porter's output mm-hmm. and um, fighters that, that that can hold and that can you know move their feet very fast you know they should probably avoid fights like that. Well, that's kind of unfortunate. That's kind of unfortunate, then, because then it limits the scope of his career. If you can only fight one style of fighter for the rest of your career, how do you legitimize your legacy? So, you know, we have Sean Porter fighting at welterweight. Ultimately, he's going to run. He's going to run out of of real estate, so to speak. You know, of fighters in his weight division that have a very you know, a style that won't limit his output. Because, you know, we look at, at what's he fight at, 147? Khan, yeah. nope. Maidana, mm, the power thing might be a, a problem. Let's, if you know, if we go through the whole Heyman register, is he going to fight the winner of Berto Lopez? Maybe. Maybe that's an impromptu thing they're trying to set up there. Who else do we have with that type of style? You know, is he will he get the winner of Thurman Guerrero? They're all you know, he's gonna run out of real estate eventually. And he's gonna to have to fight a fighter who doesn't fight in that same type of style. So, you know, if he fights Khan, he's gonna find the same thing he fought he found with Kelbrook. If he fights Marcos Maidana, he might be able to pepper him with punches, but I think Maidana has superior power. If he fights against Robert Guerrero, that could be a compelling matchup. Robert Guerrero will likely maul him to death and limit his punch output. A different style, not a technical fighter, but he'll limit his punch output. And then after that, you know, he's not going to get a Floyd fight. Keith Thurman is a technical fighter. He'll run into the same thing with Keith Thurman. So, you know, he's kind of – it'll be interesting well, you know, to he, see. He also beat Devin Alexander. You know, that's – I mean, Devin's a that type of fighter. So I wouldn't yeah. say that he's he's always in with no chance against a guy mm-hmm. like that. No. It's just I'd say probably the you know, the cream of the crop that he, he wouldn't get past. Right. 
So there's that. And, of course, uh, these fights are coming up on the the Sean Porter fight will be on March 13th, and that will be here in Ontario. I submitted my credential request, so hopefully I'll be able to um, attend that fight. Either way, I'll be watching it. I'll be taking in all the fight week festivities. And, of course, you'll be able to find it on badculture.net. If you're just tuning into the show and you'd like to call in and talk to Ryan and I, the call-in number is 718-508-9852. Or you can visit us online. Let us talk now. You know, shout-out to Briz. Briz uh, mentioned Gary Russell Jr. We drag Gary Russell Jr. a lot on this show, so I'm going to give him the night off. Hey, and, hey, pick your Gary Russell. He got that fight with Johnny Gonzalez. Yes. So here we go. Yes. Time for redemption. There's your chance. It's time for redemption. Okay, looking at Gary Russell Jr.'s style, looking at Abner Mares' style. As, as we know, Johnny Gonzalez knocked out Abner Mares in round one in their fight. They never got that rematch. How long ago was that fight now? Two years? Two? How long? That was a long time ago. That was a. That was before Rios. That fight happened like right when they announced that Rios was going to fight Pacquiao. So that was a long time ago. How does Gary Russell Jr., we know Gary Russell Jr. has very fast hands, and we yeah. know that he ran into Basil Lomachenko, and those fast hands didn't really help him too much. How will his match up against Johnny Gonzalez? Same kind of outcome yeah. as Abner Morris? It, possibly, possibly, because if he lets those hands go rapidly without you know putting much thought into the timing of the punches, mm-hmm. Johnny's going to walk him into a bomb because Johnny can punch like a son of a gun. This guy can really mm-hmm. hit. So Gary has to be smart. He has to be careful. He just can't entirely rely on his, on his athleticism. He has to you know, make Johnny think. If Johnny's the one that's doing all the thinking, I mean, Gary has no shot. I mean, Gary, you know, he might, he might, you know, pull out, you know, rounds, like, oh, he won this round, he won this round. But eventually he's going to run into something and it's going to be lights out. So oh. if, he fights in the, if he fights an intelligent fight, then that's, that's different. That, that fight I can see kind of going either way. Right. It's, it's a, a, another very compelling matchup. You know, they're making good, but it's good to see Gary Russell Jr. in these type of fights. Had they happened a little earlier in his career, that might have been a little bit better for his development. But it's good to see him in the mail. So that's uh, very promising for him. Let's talk about um, our past guest, uh, Vanus Martirosian. Vanus Martirosian uh, put out a little video today on Twitter. His Twitter is Vanus Boxing, A-V, at V-A-N-E-S Boxing, saying that he will be fighting Jermel Charlo. Uh, I forgot what date that they're going to be fighting. But at any rate, when we had Bonnet on the show, March 28th. It's the same same card we, as the Gonzalez Russell card. Okay, there you go. When we had him on the show, correct me if I'm wrong, Ryan, I think you mentioned this to me earlier, did he say that wasn't a fight that he wanted because he thought of it as little brothers? Did you remind me of that earlier? Yeah. Yep, that, that was definitely Bonnet's. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But apparently now he's he's been wanting to fight for a long time. So I'm happy for Vonis either way. You know, as long as he gets in there, you know, we know he loves Al Heyman. He was very, very vocal about that. 
Now, forgive me, I I messed their names are too close together for me, and I always mess them up. Jermel Charlo and Jamal Charlo. Which Charlo is this? The Charlo that fought Gabe, or is this the other right? Charlo? The one that fought Gabby. Okay, this is the one that fought Gabby Rosado. So, would you know, Bonus looked pretty good in his last fight. His last fight was the one that was just prior to uh, the passing of Dan Gruson on that same card. This was the same card, I think, the Austin trial card. What do you think of his chances against Jermel Charlo? Mm. There's a chance. <laughs> There's a chance. Um, but, but, Everyone has oh. a chance. Why? Well, he has a, okay. He has. I would say he has at least a forty percent chance. Hmm. That's pretty good odds. Yeah, that's, that's, that's better than no chance. Well, we 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 shall we will wait and see. We'll have to have. We should have Jermel Charlo on the show. If uh, somebody wants to hook us up with Jermel Charlo, I would appreciate that. We've had Bonus on the show before, and it would be nice to speak with the other side. So, interesting matchup. Good for Bonus. Good for Jermel Charlo. No, good for us. We get some more competitive fights. Let's see. What else is coming? Oh, let's talk about Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., and let's talk about Bob Aaron. Uh, Julio, so they have announced on uh, Showtime that Julio Cesar Chavez will be fighting on Saturday, April 18th against Andres Fanfara. Now, prior, Chavez Jr. announced via Twitter like a month ago that he was going to be into the Fanfara fight. Aaron said he was going to take him to court to prevent the fight. I guess that didn't work because it looks like this fight is going forward. I saw an interview right before we jumped on the broadcast where someone asked Bob Arum and he said it was ridiculous or something. I don't remember what his response was, but he was just utterly dismayed that it was going to continue. What Did you read this article? What happened that they were able to – was his contract brought out? Or, you know, what happened that that had Bob Arum call his dogs off? Um, I, I didn't read into it, but as soon as – Chavez, you know, came out and said, uh, you know, I'm with Al Heyman, and he said we got to fight with uh, Fonfaro on such and such a day. I said, well, I'll do something to make it happen. I never doubt the man. <laughs> oh, wait, I think I found something here. Uh, you know, Bob Aaron was at today's media day. I had a chance to interview him, but I didn't get a chance to ask him uh, about Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. It looks like uh, Radio Raheem had a chance to ask him. I'm going to play a little audio. Okay, I uh, I'm back off. Radio so, Ryan, Just one second. Uh, and we will see. I mean, that is not the interview. This is the interview. Top ranks chairman of the board, Bob Arum. You know, Bob, right now it's a new year, some new horizons in boxing as far as how promoters right. work with each other. But the biggest event, obviously, is you and Oscar settling differences and working together. Since then, there's been so much fan speculation about what the big fight is going to be where you guys really work together on a huge card, on a huge fight. Um, what would you think might be the first week that's going to come skip together on? tomorrow. Yeah. Pacquiao. Out. No. Is that something that is on the horizon for you or that you would consider? And when, what's holding that kind of fight? I'm going to have to skip through it because the headline is Bob Arum is suing Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. That's the video that uh, Radio Raheem. Oh, it probably waits until the end to get to that. 
of course, so we can clickbait. There are a lot of good fights to be. Obviously, uh, there's huge speculation about Mayweather, Pacquiao, and yeah, yeah, yeah. the weekend. Has there been any real move? No. Cotto and- no, we don't want to talk about Cotto either. I asked him about uh, Miguel Cotto and what Bob Aram said to me, and I'll be posting my – actually, if you go on my YouTube channel, I've uploaded um, my individual interview that I did with Bob Aram, and then also I interviewed him for Boxing Channel. Let's see. Um, let's see. I want to know about where do you see Cotto going next? I don't want to hear about that. And uh, we're going to find out uh, when he wants to fight, where, and who he wants to fight. What do you think? I mean, given if, if Pacquiao Mayweather for some reason doesn't happen. I don't want to know about Pacquiao yeah. Mayweather. Well, uh, you know, obviously. See how they do us? He was talking about Cotto and Bradley and Rios and those fights. Yeah, I guess so. No, I wanted to ask him about that, but uh, Bob <laughs> wasn't in the most talkative mood. I wanted to ask him something to the effect, well, I asked him, you know, Cotto has, it's been said that Cotto does not want to defend the championship against a legitimate middleweight. You know, what do you respond to that? And he answered me something to the effect of, uh, you know, Miguel Cotto has made a lot of money in the sport. He does not have to rush out and get an opponent. He will get an opponent when he's good and damn ready. That's not what he said. That's not a direct quote, but that is pretty much what the response was. He he will get an opponent when he's ready. So, you know, I'll wait and I'll go back. And it looks like that, it looks like Bob is going to be suing Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. So we'll keep an eye out for that. See what the uh, legal eagles make of that. At any rate, it looks like we're going to get Chavez Jr. April 17th. What he's going to wait. Now, that's what we really should be paying attention to because that's always well, up actually, in the air. They, they said a catch for the fight, right? So they're, they're actually trying to get Sean Ferrer to come down and wait, which is interesting. Really? Because, yeah, right, because if Sean Ferrer could come down and wait, and then uh, Chavez could end up missing the wait anyways. <laughs> He's probably. I'm, I'm, I need to. I, I need to find out where he's at. I want to know what he's walking around at right now. He's probably at like 205. We'll we'll see. We'll see. Let's see. What should we talk about now? Do you want to recap last weekend's uh, Boxino? Do we want to talk about Triple G forecast oh. for the weekend? I mean, what do you want to talk about, Ryan? The Boxino tournament was two of the fights. Well, actually, I. Um, the the semifinals are going to be Brandon Adams versus who is it? Mike Fido? No. Damn, I don't forgot already. See that? Uh, See the problem? Well, you know, so and many. That's, you know, that's, not, that's, that's I don't remember one the fights. I just don't remember the pairing order. But, no, I uh, don't say that pointedly, specifically about you. I mean, in general. I bet you I could ask someone else the same thing and they would give me the same response. <laughs> right. It was right. Yeah, yeah, I got it right. Brandon it's not, per- it's not particularly scintillating. You know, Boxino, yeah. at this point last year, I, I enjoyed it a little bit more, but go ahead. Yeah, I mean, they they had more, you know, no names last year. This year, it's, uh, 
you know, you got Brandon Adams is like, you know, the high profile guy and that's only because he was in the tournament last year. <laughs> so um you got him against uh Vito Gasparin. Uh he'll win that fight. And in the more interesting fight you have um Johnny Apollo Thompson who who on one day's notice beat Ricardo Tanel and looked pretty good. He'll be fighting a uh unbeaten Ukrainian. Um at least I think he's unbeaten. I didn't check his record. Um Stanislav Skorkud. Um mm-hmm. that no, guy yeah. looks like a monster. So yes, uh, you know Thompson's kinda chinny. Uh Thompson has a, a boxer's chance, you know, to win a decision, but most likely uh, the Ukrainian is going to wreck him. And the finals will be him versus uh, Brandon Adams. And that will be, you know, a very entertaining fight, action-packed. You know, both guys, good offense. I guess um, the, uh, Stanislav, is, he's, uh, you know, the taller, you know, more upright fighter, while, while Brandon will be like, you know, the uh, more of the boxing and weaving type. Indeed, indeed. I'm, I must admit, you know, forgive me, listeners, I'm just not that enthused about boxing, you know, this year. I just, I can't, I'm just not engaged, and I'm watching it, but I'm not inspired by it. And it's no disrespect to the fighters. You know, I respect all fighters, but it's just not appointment TV, as a friend of mine refers to things that are very important. It's not appointment TV for me. It's on in the background. And, you know, of course, we're recapping it on badculture.net, and you can find fight recaps there, hey, but it's not this, scintillating to this, me. This is the, the ending legacy of the great ESPN Friday Night Fights. So I know. Isn't that sad? <laughs> we got to talk about it at least a little bit. I know. I'm, I'm absolutely going to talk about it. You know, it's relevant to a certain extent. Last year, the Boxino win, winner, what was the outcome? They got something crazy, like they got ranked really high by the... Oh, yeah, yeah. Willie, Willie Monroe Jr. and uh, Peter Petrov got, got rated by, like, the WBO and the WBA. And um, exactly. they're, they're both they're both close to Dallas Jacks. Matter of fact, um, you know, Monroe, you know, he beat Brian Vera. Recently, and mm-hmm. Petrov was supposed yeah. to fight Hank Lundy, but you know Hankman's weight and they didn't take the fight. Right, right. So yeah, and that's you know last year's outcome. It'll be interesting to see if this year's outcome will be the same thing where yeah, it's just, it's just the competitors will get a. See, last year they picked the right divisions because lightweight was trash and middleweight was trash, and you know they're still trash. So you know winning <laughs> winning a. a, a, a you know, under the radar tournament can actually, you know, produce some good results in that area. This year, uh-huh. what is it? Um, junior middleweight and heavyweight, right? Right. Well, well, junior middleweight is is, is uh, you know fairly respectable, so I can't really see any any of the guys in that tournament challenging, you know, somebody that's on the Canelo radar, so to speak. But. Mm, and heavyweight, well, you know, the heavyweight division is terrible, and I guess they could beat somebody that we know because people that we know in the heavyweight division are terrible. But, right. you know, are they ever going to stand a chance at a, a title holder? You know, I, I wouldn't nope. even give uh, – even like the regular WB, interim WBA champion, they, they would be no match for. So, right. uh, not not really a big deal. 
I think we would likely see, no, let me not even say that because that's me. I'm not going to finish that. But you're right. Although, what is, the, what is the reward other than a high ranking if you are the victor of this tournament? What do you think the financial reward is for winning this tournament? What's the purse? Like, you know, do you get a trophy? Uh, please, babe, with cash? I, I know it's, you know, promoted by Bannon Promotions, so couldn't be a lot. Some turtle wax? <laughs> and a year's supply of hairspray? And, and, you know, they get a boxing belt. Uh, you know, they they get a they get their picture taken. <laughs> what can I say? They're fighting on ESPN. I, this, unless you're, you know, Al Heyman, uh, a fighter like Jermaine Taylor, fighting on ESPN, you're not making all that much money. I mean, when, when ESPN actually has to put up the money for the fights, they they don't. There's not a big gate like evident in the Chris Ariola, you know, Bermans the Vern fight. You know, very popular fight, and these guys didn't clear half a million combined. So, you know, how much can, you know, uh, much smaller, you know, much less known fighters make in, in, in fights that aren't nearly as meaningful? Right, right. Indeed, indeed. So that is Boxino. Those were the only fights I was able to watch last week, and I know there was some fights going on overseas. Uh, what other – give me a recap of the fight that was happening on Saturday. Let's see what – Saturday we had a card on DN Sports and another network. What was it? Oh yeah, CBS. I know everyone was tweeting CBS about somebody Sports. tearing up his dressing room or what happened last weekend. Um, well, you know, there was the, there was a Derek Rossi fight um, on CBS Sports. It was uh, there was three fights on that card. Mike Lee was on the undercard. It was terrible. Like, don't watch it. Just don't. Oh, my God, it was terrible. <laughs> it was so bad. My but, goodness. Uh, hey, it was boxing. Uh, first time I've seen boxing on CBS Sports, like, ever. So that, that that's pretty much the, the appeal that got people watching. And they had, like, a legendary broadcast team. You had the, you know, the Colonel Bob Sheridan and um, his his uh, often, you know, uh, co-anchor, um, Benny Ricardo. But, you know, it was nice to see them. Uh, I usually only see them on like uh, independent sports pay-per-views, but uh, yeah, it, they called it. This is the literal name of the broadcast. Like it was written on the screen and everything. CBS Sports Spectacular Fight Night. Spectacular. And here are the spectacular fights on the card. It was Derek Rossi versus Akor Mora Lamoff in the main event. Mike Lee versus Gary Dupusau in the co-feature, and Armin Merkanovic versus Dave. Wow, every single one of these names besides <laughs> Rossi and Lee is difficult. Valkyo, unbelievable. Like it was, it was. I don't, I don't understand. Like I don't understand why this is on TV. I really don't. I really don't understand why this is on TV. They they had a a two hour block and I think they went past the you know the the total allotted time and, and everything. Like why why this why this card? You know but whatever. Um, I I guess maybe CBS just wanted to get their feet wet into airing some boxing before Heyman you know brought a actual significant card to you know yeah. their airways. 
So maybe it was just like a warm up. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what what's going to be on CBS Sports in the future, but this. I remember there was a press release that went out some time ago that, that says there was a boxing series starting on CBS Sports that had nothing to do with Al Heyman. So I'm wondering if, you know, who floated this card? Let me know. They just needed some a, a filler. Derrick Rossi did almost get knocked out in the fight, though. It was like round three. But uh, he, he recovered, you know, his opponent, who was inexperienced, you know, unbeaten, but he has nobody. Uh, he, he couldn't capitalize, and then you know, Rossi went on to win an important decision. Now, Rossi, you know, he did – he is coming off that good performance against um, Glasgow, you know, because a lot of people thought he beat Glasgow, and, uh, you know, Glasgow got the decision, and now he's got the Steve Cunningham fight. Uh, Glasgow has had better days. I think that was just a bad day for him. But, um, yeah, let's see. This car was promoted by – Final Forum Final Forum Promotions At the Resorts World Casino So maybe Maybe we'll see Some more CBS Sports cars With them But I don't know Do not know And honestly If if they're as bad As the, the one that, that was Just one I hope They change their mind Because it was bad And uh, you know I, I watch everything you understand? Like I watch most of the time that I, I watch Golden Boy Live. I say, you know, this is pretty crappy. This <laughs> Golden Boy, this put Golden Boy Live to shame. Okay, in terms of how bad it was. Wow, and you have no love for Golden Boy Live ever, ever. Yeah, but no, this year Golden Boy Live has been pretty good. They 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 raised the bar, but uh, last year it was absolute trash. And man, this this shit's all over that. So. That was that card. The better card of the weekend was on my favorite channel these days for boxing, uh, being Espanol. Being. Because yeah, because they, they they show all the um the Mexico Azteca fights that um you know we we don't get to see in the United States because it's a Mexican channel. Mm-hmm. Um, we have two channels that that, that do this that give us Mexican fights. There's Fox Deportes, which if it's is Golden Boy affiliated, they'll show us like. Televisa fights and now being and also um, Unimas, they they show us uh, Azteca seven fights. And um, let's see, this week was uh, David Sanchez against um, three fights. He fought yeah, to, to Rosas. To, yeah, Juan Juan Brothers Rosas. He um, David looks amazing, and I think he should move up in the world rankings. Um, based on his performance. However, he does fight at 115 pounds. So there's that. <laughs> we went 115 pounds. You just don't appeal to Americans very much. So that's that was the weekend. <laughs> that was the weekend indeed. I don't know. Maybe this is a, our test, you know, getting through these last few weeks before the big explosion starts. You know, it's testing our, you know, our ability to behave as Job <laughs> before the real action commences. So we hung in there, fight fans. We made it. We made it this far. We can keep going. I don't know, Ryan. I think we may have a short show tonight because there's, you know, 
only thing. Hey, yeah, you know what? what? We have uh, fights on Showtime and HBO this weekend, and that's Do the first time now? that. Yes, yes, this is actually true, and this is the first time that this has happened all year. <laughs> like, here, here we go. Here, here, here's Showtime shows so far this year: Romance and Deontay Wilder. That was on the, uh, January 17th. Then we had an HBO show on January 24th, Mike Alvarado, Brandon Rios 3. And right. then that was it. That was it for a premium cable in January. And in March, wow. um, the first thing we're getting is um, this that Friday? Yeah, this Friday on Showtime, Sammy Vasquez and, uh, you know, Emmanuel um, Larty. So basically, you know, Al Heyman, I think, took over all the Iron Mike Productions fighters. And uh, we'll see him in a showbox superheader. And then the next day, HBO has uh, Kenny Golovkin and Martin Murray. And ironically, <laughs> I think that does it for February. So uh, the yeah. networks put on, have literally going to put on one fight in January, one fight in, uh, well, one fight card in January, and one fight card in, in February. But after that, it, it gets a lot better. It gets much better after that. March, April, things started to pick up. It gets great after that. We have some a lot. We have a lot. Um, I believe you mentioned to me earlier, I don't know if you want to speak on this, about something you were researching, investigating, that you wanted to write oh, about. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was, I was just taking a look at, um, you know, all the different American television networks that are getting involved in boxing these days. And, you know, they're, they're kind of competing uh, against each other, you know, for viewers. Because they're often going head-to-head, same nights, like even, you know, three in the same night sometimes. Uh, I think, let's see. On, at the end of the month, I think we will actually have four different cards being televised in the United States on the same day. Unfortunately, I don't think many people watch any of these channels. (laughs) There's AWE. Um, uh, Dean Espanol, Azteca America, and Unimas. I'm pretty sure they're all showing separate cards, but and you know it's just it's, it's interesting. You know it's just it's telling me that people still like boxing for whatever reason because it, it can't be the ratings. Oh, the ratings in boxing have never been that good. <laughs> I mean, at least not not in my lifetime, anyways. So something about boxing that. <laughs> That it's convincing people to to air it. So because there's so much televised cards now, you know, people have to step up what they actually put on air because you know the the other card if the if the other card is better and it's happening you know the same day, then people are just gonna watch that card. You know, if you got to choose, you know, you choose a better card, obviously. So now now with all this competition, you know, I think we'll start seeing better fights. So while, you know, 2014 was, you know, depressing in, in, in many ways to, to a lot of people, I think 2015 will be a brilliant year for boxing. And I think the first fight that's really going to ignite, you know, kind of um, the masses, so to speak, is going to be in March, end of March, with uh, Ruslan Provodnikov and Lucas Ntisa. That will be on HBO. And uh, I think Showtime is actually having a, you know, going head to head with that too, which is interesting. Um, I mean, I I do like the card, you know, Gonzalez, Russell, Charlo, Marrojan. That's a solid doubleheader, solid. But uh, <laughs> you never know, you know, Provodnikov and Matisse, for as, as wild as maniacs as they are, 
they, they, you know, I don't think either one of them is, is truly a, you know, the A side, so to speak. It's like these are the, the two best B side opponents against each other. And, you know, we'll see what it does. Like every, every hardcore boxing fan is going to watch it, but um, I'm, I'm interested to see how many mainstream boxing fans can. So this is one of those fights where, you, you know, you tell all your friends, you know, come see this fight. I know you don't know anything about these guys, but you're going to want to watch this. This is the fight you have to do that for. It's good to have choices. We haven't had that in previous years, so it's good to have choices. So that's exciting. Mr. Bivens, I think that we are going to have a short show tonight because we are running out of stuff to talk about, at least for this week. Before we give it the wrap-it-up music, is there anything that we've missed? Um, Well, we should probably talk about the Golovkin-Murray fight. Again? I mean, it is Triple G, after all. You know, the savior of HBO, so to speak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and, yes, you know, and Martin yes. Murray is, is going to be a guy that uh, hasn't been knocked out before. You know, he's um, he's top middleweight. Uh, uh, good defense. Could could take Kennedy some rounds. But does he present a, a real threat to Golovkin? You know, does anybody actually think he's going to win the fight? Nah. Uh, nah. No, not really. I mean, his, his team does. I think I think Murray's team believes they'll win, which is good because, you know. If, they have to. If, right, because I, I don't think uh, Marco Antonio uh, Rubio believed he was going to win, and that showed up in the fight. Like he, that was he, clear. He, he, checked, he checked out quick. So I'm, I'm pretty yes, sure he, he came did. into that fight saying, you know, I'm not going to win, fuck it. <laughs> but, you know, Murray, Murray Murray's going to come to win. So, you know, it might be worth watching. Uh, what time of the day is it going to be? Because, you know, it's in Monaco. It is, is uh, think, on, yeah. I don't know. Good. Qu- oh, I know what time it's on because we have to do the Raging Bay show earlier. It's on at 5 p.m. Eastern time, if I'm not mistaken. Because I remember seeing, I remember seeing some DVRs. tweets about it. Yeah, we're going to be uh, – you know, if you're listening to the show, you can also check me out on the the Raging Bay radio show. We do the the ring walk on Saturday and morning after on Sundays. I'm not on every week, um, but we do that show also. And I remember seeing some tweets. Uh, your boy Adam from Philly mentioned fight time to us that the fight was going to be on during the show broadcast time. So if I'm not mistaken, it's supposed to come on at 5 p.m. Eastern time. I'm seeing 5.45 on my DVR. Okay. There we go. So, at any rate, it's on during the day. If you're on the West Coast, that's early, 2 o'clock. Make sure that you are setting your stuff. I will likely, oh, I'm supposed to go to something on Saturday, uh, open house in Sherman Square Boxing Gym, but we will see how that unfolds. Triple G, look for him to win. I'd say my prediction for Triple G, I don't think it goes past five rounds. I think he gets uh, Murray out of there. I think that he wins by body shot, TKO by body shot. What is your prediction? Body shot sounds good. That does sound good. But I'm going to give Murray until the uh, to the last third of the fight. He'll he'll go down somewhere between rounds nine and twelve. Nine and twelve, huh? Nine to twelve. No, not not twelve. You know, if he, I think if he makes it. Twelve, he'll actually go the complete distance, somewhere between nine and eleven. 
That's so thoughtful. <laughs> but you know, you have been right and I have been wrong, so it could happen. But I'm not. I'm going to predict that it's not going to go past five. That's my prediction for Golovkin Murray. So, with that, we have uh, talked to Golovkin. We've talked to uh, the boxing Heyman takeover. We have talked to. Uh, to Glenn Tapia, is there anything else for the good of the order before we wrap this week's show? Um, and their infinite wisdom, the WBC, did decide to approve um, Anthony Durrell to make a voluntary defense of his WBC title against the one and only by the Jack. Hmm, interesting. Jack the Ripper. <laughs> Jack the Ripper, you know. Who really hasn't mm. been been any 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 top fighters, you know, since since being knocked out by a what would you call him a journeyman, the guy that knocked him out. That's that's about right. Yeah, that's yeah. about right. Yeah. So uh, somehow he's been given a, a shot at the WBC title, and that will happen what day? April twenty fourth. And it, I think that's like a Friday. So. Probably Spike TV, you know, because that, that's what Heyman is, is setting up for Fridays. Um, at, at least for now, um, I guess when he when he buys the, the ESPN deal, I, I don't know what happens to Spike TV at that point because it's not like you would, would have Spike cars on, on on both networks on the same day, unless maybe he has ESPN fights on a different day. You know, maybe maybe all of a sudden he's, there's fights on Tuesday and again because you know ESPN used to have like a Tuesday night fight, a Wednesday night fights. You know that this long since been discontinued, but who knows, man? Heyman Heyman does what he wants, and he's making good fights recently. So I, I don't really got much to say about him, except oh, there's this one thing today I learned. Um, there, what did you learn? Convention in, uh, in um in Las Vegas uh, about uh, about you know things that they were going to to do in in Nevada now, like there's going to be I think they're getting rid of the paper and uh, pencils for, you know, the judges for the ballot. Like, when they score rounds, like, they'll, they'll do it on the iPad now. It's going to be digital. So I thought that was good. Really? You know, it's, yeah, that's a step in the right direction because, you know, I, I don't trust these people to add properly at all. You know, they, they make mistakes all the time. So uh, Hackers, know, get but, ready. Hackers, get ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. I guess some, somebody could hack the, the pads on the and iPad. change the scores. Do you know how crappy when you go to a fight card the Wi-Fi is in these in these uh, arenas with everyone with the camera phones and all their things? So you run the risk of shoddy Wi-Fi, and then you run the risk of a server, you know, server instability, the ability to be hacked, and then there'll be that one judge who's like, oh, my God, I forgot to charge the iPad. And the iPad well, I would hope that it, it wouldn't be open Wi-Fi that there are, you know, uh, reporting the scores. I hope it's like a closed system. I, it wouldn't make sense well, to, to do it over Wi-Fi. No, because there have to be some type of checks and balances. Because if you are scoring your belt on a Wi-Fi, then that means someone would have to manually come by and look at your iPad and look at your score. You have to be able to submit your score. If they're going to go completely electronic, that means they're going to submit their score probably to one master iPad who will then give the results to the ring announcer. 
someone's not going to go walking by and look at their their eye. They might. They, they might still do it. I think they'll still have the guy walk by and check. That sounds like an accident waiting to happen. <laughs> hey, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. At least, at least they don't have to add anymore. Because <laughs> they really couldn't add. I'm, I'm sorry, but they couldn't do it. Things have happened. I mean, I know it's just like, you know, mostly nines and tens, but for some reason it's difficult. You know, because you, you, you do wonder. You know, people always say, oh, it's taking a long time for the for the decision being read. That must going to screw somebody. Like, no, that's not it. They just couldn't add. <laughs> they had to do it over again. <laughs> Carry the one. Somebody screwed five. up and they had to go back and do it again. So, I guess. you know, there's that. And uh, apparently they're they're talking about uh, at least um, well, uh, a few different uh, entities are going to do this, but on PBC, their fighters are going to have chips, I think, put in their boxing gloves to, like, measure punch force and, and some crazy shit like that. <sighs> and... um. Okay, no, I mean, see, you it's, know, I'm it's, all for it's technology. Like, it's it's like a cool too much. graphic on the screen, like CompuBox, but it, but it, it could be misleading exactly like CompuBox is. Because, you know, mm-hmm. it's, just, it's, just, it's just measuring punch force. It doesn't tell you who who's winning the fight. So, exactly. And then there's, you know, the it, fact that they're putting chips now on fighters. I mean, it kind of sets a precedent. Um, who knows what the chips will be used for in the future? Yeah, and it just takes that one fighter that says, "Oh, you know, it's me, you know, he hit me, and 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 the chip it scratched my face, and that's why I'm bloody because the chip came through the glove." <laughs> and then you have a whole another glove gate, you know. And so you know they didn't they didn't implant the chip. Right. I'm not approving those gloves because I want the chip to be near the wrist. Oh well, sorry, Mister Boxer, sir, we can't put the chip in the wrist because we have to take the glove down. Well, you can't put it in the front of the glove because, how you know, how, where do you put it in the glove to measure the velocity without changing the design and the durability of the glove? Because ultimately, if these fighters, if you've got somebody who hits really hard, like a Triple G or a Maidana or someone who's just got, like, these lead hands, that chip is coming right out into that glove and it's going to scratch somebody clean across the forehead. Bad idea. Shoot, while you're at it, put a GoPro on their head while they're fighting, too. You know, they can make chips pretty small these days. You know, the micro technology has been around for some time. Well, I know that. I mean, my dog's got a chip in his ear. You know, when I got it from the shelter, they put a chip in his ear. So I'm sure it's something small like that. But, you know, there's always ways to manipulate the system, and I think the chipping thing is a bad idea. But, you know, who am I? I don't fight. Who am I to say it's a bad idea? You know, I tell you what's a bad idea. Uh, bad idea. <laughs> wow. What's he really is becoming that Antonio Tarver hard. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. They've had choice words for each other this past week. Choice it's words, been choice quite pictures. entertaining. <laughs> what's his Instagram? I haven't seen the Instagram. I've seen the back Malik, and forth. Malik King Scott, you, ha- you have to look at the picture. That he has up with Tarver, where he he darkens Tarver's skin and and brings out his his, his lips, you know the dark mm-hmm. face, the, the the big red lips. You know, it's, the last thing I remember seeing was Tarver saying, "I am not getting beat by a guy who dyes his beard blonde." Oh wow, <laughs> this is unacceptable. I Tarver looks like those those cartoons from like back in the fifties. 
the, no, back before that, you know, Amos and Andy, this is looking real menstrual show. Bad move, Malik King, Scott. I mean, I know that you guys are, you know, having your war of words, but for those of us who are of African descent, like the both of you are, this is highly offensive, even in jokes amongst black people. This is atrocious. Malik King, Scott, you ought to be ashamed of yourself for making Antonio Tarver look like the minstrel show. So for that... Where is my man Shannon Briggs at to make heads or tails of this? Let's go, champ. Man, I want, Missy, watching this, I want Shannon to be both ass. I got to get me a Let's Go Champ shirt. Apparently, this week, you know, for those of you who are fans of Shannon Briggs, he's got Let's Go Champ shirt. Now, that's a hilarious nice. Instagram. All he does is dance and work out all day, and it's, it's hilarious. Uh. Wow. I'm just, I've never looked at Malik Scott Instagram boy, and he's really lighting Antonio Tarver up. He got a Tarver looking chubby here. We got the, the menstrual <laughs> show. We've got what? Wow, he got the oh, he got the mug shot after he was arrested when uh, Heyman had to bail him out. Wow, this is taking troll into a whole nother level. Yeah, All right, you know, he's, he's a multiple world champion. You know, the guy is. Uh, I'm not sure he's going to make the International Boxing Hall of Fame, but he he's definitely qualified enough compared to you know some of the people that are already there. So he might, he might not. You know, just just depends on the bias of voters that year. So yeah, you you should probably when you've not accomplished anything, you know, which you know Malik Scott really hasn't yet. Uh, he might someday, but as, as of now, um, he is, will be most remembered for getting knocked out with the first punch that Deontay Wilder threw at him. That is, you know, well, the defining uh, moment of, of his career at the moment. Exactly. Now, I was just going to say, you know, Antonio should give up uh, creative control of his social media account because he's got to step his troll game up. I would make a loop on Vine of uh, Malik Scott taking a dive in that fight and just have it on perpetual loop. Right there, you can't say nothing else to me. I could be as black as you want me to be, but, bruh, you are immortalized looking like you took a dive. I would just, every time he put something up, I would just send him that clip over and over and over and over and over and over and over. I would send it with, like, a a side-by-side of Greg Luganis doing uh, something in the Olympics off of a a board. So, Antonio Tarver, I need you to get a social media consultant. I have, there's plenty of trolls on Twitter, and there's some damn fine ones. Ryan, your troll has been tweeting for our show. <laughs> he needs to uh, get a, you know, we need to get him with Antonio Tarver and see if we can get his uh, social media trolling game up. But, you know, guys, get in the gym. Go work out with Shannon Briggs. Shannon Briggs works out every single day. You guys go down there to Florida and work out with him. You know, he's down there getting it in. He's trying to get his Klitschko fight, so. Um, somebody asked me if we were going to talk about big European cards. Let's see, what? Is there one this weekend? Let me check. Mm-hmm. I think it's Abraham this weekend. Arthur Abraham is fighting uh, Paul Smith for the WBO super middleweight title. Right. All right, yeah. In Berlin. That, that was, you know, it was a good first fight. I thought Abraham shaded it. You know, it, it was um, it was questionable, but it wasn't really super controversial. You know, 
Um, I probably expect them to win again. You know, it, it is in Germany again, and Abraham is a huge draw there. Um, I thought that Paul Smith fought his best fight ever, but I, I can't really see him improving, and I could see Abraham improving. You know, he he does have a history of um, learning and rematches. So, and you know that fight with with um, Felix Sturm is on the table. So you know that's and you don't want to ruin that payday. You know, cause that, I mean, he's going to make maybe the, I see he could be probably make five million dollars fighting Felix Stern. They could probably both make five million dollars or more. That, that's how big that fight is. So that's, yeah, yeah, that's um, that's this weekend. Abraham Smith in Germany. The undercard is typical German undercard. Uh, David Price is on it. You know, once again, not against somebody that. Noteworthy. Ever since David Price, you know, went to silent promotions, he hasn't fought anybody that I've cared about. I mean, it's like Tony Thompson completely changed his whole image as a fighter. Completely. Let's see. Yeah. The Golovkin card, you know, HBO show is the main event. I think... um, I think, what's the name of that channel? Supersport? Yeah, I think Supersport will probably show the other fights. But we can't get that here, unfortunately. Uh, we might actually have a chance to see these undercards if HBO didn't buy the Golovkin fight. Because be, when other networks buy Golovkin fights and, and, and uh, you know, Monaco and, and, you know, these exotic places, you know, they buy the card. Like, so you actually get to see the undercard because they actually put on a good undercard over there. But when HBO buys a you know glove fight, they just buy the glove fight. <laughs> We're not seeing Nicky Butler and Jesus Silvestre, you know, for the uh, you know uh, uh, strawweight title. Um, Kiwi Fury is um, in a fight against Andrew Rudeko. He is fighting against. Oh, I lost it. Yeah. Actually, Rodunko is, is probably a step up for Huey. Huey is, um, you know, he, he's the brother of, uh, or is he cousin, Tyson Fury. Uh, yeah, cousin of Tyson Fury. And, uh, you know, he's almost as tall. Um, and he's, he's, I'd say he's uh, in better shape. Because, <laughs> you know, Tyson, Tyson is kind of chunky. Kind of so. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, Huey, Huey, Huey is you know, one of those heavyweights where, you know, down the line, you know, when Chris goes retired, could actually see him, you know, being heavyweight champion of the world. So he mm-hmm. he is one to look out for. Um, so hey, right, there's three different fights on the card that I'm sure people want to see. You know, Lee Haskins also has a fight. Um, his opponent isn't really anyone special, but uh, Lee Haskins is an entertaining fighter. You know, so that that fight at least can produce fireworks. Yeah, it's a good card. You know, so I'm not going. You know, I'm, I'm if anybody's going down there to actually see the fight, I know some people are because they worship Triple G across the world. Mm-hmm. I don't. <laughs> I, he, he fights Triple G comes to New York City, and that's like two hours from me, and I won't go. If you came to Philly, I would yeah. watch him, though. If you came to Philly, I would watch him. If the only way you're going to New York is if your guy unthanked May is going to fight. You've told us that before. <laughs> you know what? I might go to – no, I'm thinking about going to New York for my boy, D.Y., when he fights Klitschko. You well, should. Uh, just, 
Yeah, because I'm thinking, you know, am I ever going to see a Vladimir Klitschko fight in my life? Exactly. Uh, if, you know, if I don't go to this stand one, up I, and probably not. Probably not. This is probably the only time I'm I'm ever possibly going to see a Vladimir Klitschko fight. So right. on the one hand, I, I could be going to see, you know, one of the, you know, great heavyweights of our time. And on the other hand, I could be seeing a friend of mine, you know, pull up the upset of, you know, a lifetime. <laughs> All right. And those so. of you who are, are listening, Ryan will be going to New York, and you can catch a full <laughs> fight recap on badculture.net. <laughs> yes, he will be going. He will be taking Daryl Cobb with him, and you can catch uh, photos and full fight card recap on badculture.net. Thanks, Ryan. Way to take it for the team. <laughs> you going. I would go. You bet, you, I could just choke you. I would go. Two hours? It's two hours to go to Fantasy Springs, and it's more than that. It's like two and a half hours, three hours to go to Fantasy Springs from Los Angeles to go to a Golden Boy live car or a show extreme car. And I've gone to Fantasy Springs I don't know how many times, driven my little bucket all the way down there for that level of car. You mean to tell me two hours for a Klitschko fight? I don't like New York. There's too many people in New York. You're not moving there? Ryan. When the fight concludes, you may return back to your beloved Philadelphia. You absolutely may. But this is a title fight. It is one of the greats of our time. It is someone you personally know from Philadelphia fighting on the biggest stage at the mecca of boxing, and it's only two hours away. Man, you better. Yeah, I'm, I'm, okay. I'm probably going to go. I'm probably going to go. S O H. Go to the fight, you know. Don't make me go on change.org and start a petition. <laughs> you know, I'm a troll. I'm a different type of troll. I will do that. I'll send it around to my family oh, and friends. Who's oh. fucking business? It don't matter. My, main, my main bridge is coming out there. <laughs> I guess he must be from New yeah. York. I apologize yeah. to all my people from New York to, to listen to the show. He does know how to act, Briz. I absolutely agree. So, yes, he Ryan Bivens will be going to New York for this fight. And if he doesn't, then eventually I will make my way to Philadelphia and I will I will lay in wait while he's doing road work and I'm going to give him the uh, Tanya Hardy treatment and I'm going to bust him in his kneecap with a bat while he's out doing road work. So you heard it here. Now, if you're in Philadelphia, don't go out and bust out Ryan's uh, kneecap just because I said it and then try to frame me. So, But I will do it. I didn't know. It is now 8.35. We have recapped everything. Anything else for the good of the order this week? Mm-hmm. Make one last pass. So you're making one last pass. I'd like to thank again our uh, guest, Glenn Tapia, who joined us at the top of the show, who will be fighting in um, – on March 7th in Macau at the Kotai Arena in Venetian on the undercard of uh, Zhu Shiming versus Amnad Wunrong. He'll be fighting against Daniel Dawson. And it's uh, sort of like a belt, um, one, of the, one of the belts, one of the alphabet belts. So uh, good for Glenn Tapia. So he's going to travel over there, you know, getting trying to step back and uh, really – put his name out there in the middleweight, put the middleweight division on notice. So he's looking to to do that in his fight. So thank you once again 
for coming on the show. Make sure that you check out my videos that I shot today for Boxing Channel. I had a chance to interview Bob Arum, Freddie Roach, Jishming, Glenn Tapia. I got to talk to Freddie Roach for a long time. He was just in a real talkative mood today, and it was pretty cool. And, you know, I know the handlers didn't like it, but, hey, he just felt like talking. It was pretty great. You know, got a chance to talk to Bob Arum, who is getting a little more tight-lipped with regard to Mayweather versus Pacquiao negotiations. And uh, Zhu Ming, very classy guy, white, very lovely, who did some translation for him for my Boxing Channel interview. One of uh, his party members did it for my Bad Culture interview. So be on the lookout for those. Very a good day. It is hot in that wild card gym. Good grief. So, unfortunately, no Ruslan spotting, no Miguel Cotto spotting, but I did talk to those guys, so you'll have a chance to check it out. I'll be retweeting those shortly. I did retweet the Zhu Ming interview already, and the others uh, will be coming online shortly. Okay, Ryan? All right. Yeah, yeah, nothing else on the card. Um, Abraham Smith, I got Abraham by decision again. Not a knockout. Abraham by decision. Okay. And um, if you would like to uh, sign my change.org petition to send Ryan to New York for the uh, Klitschko versus Jennings fight, be on the lookout <laughs> for that. I will be tweeting it. So with that, let the games begin. I'm a different type of troll. Uh, good night. I am Creole. Laissez le bon temps rouler. It is Mardi Gras. Eat and drink and be merry tonight for tomorrow. If you are Catholic, it's the beginning of Ash Wednesday, Ash, uh, tomorrow's Ash Wednesday, beginning of the Lent season. If that is not your tenant, then, you know, carry on. Do whatever you want. But for me, tomorrow Lent begins, and I will have to clean up some behaviors in my life. So with that, have a great night. Thanks again, Ryan. Always a pleasure. And we will be back next week with probably, uh, I don't know. We'll see what we got next week. We'll have something. But good night. I ain't no joke. I used to let the mic smoke.